everyone. Today I'm joined by my friend and university friend, Daniel Riemann. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hey, Chrissy. I'm super well. Thank you. So Excited we, to catch up, actually. Thank you. So we met in 1993 at university at the ripe old age of probably 17, 18. And yeah. we both studied exercise science and sports management. And you kind of majored in the science field towards the year three, and I majored more towards sports management. And I've worked on sporting events all over the world, and you've coached people uh, and athletes from all over the world. So it's kind of interesting how our past took us in different directions, but you know, we've both kind of come back full circle, probably, I would say. That's right. I, I think the journey that we both took on, I think one of the, the driving say reasons was to help people reach their potential yes right that was that's that first step and of course that's always been that beacon that drives me to my own um, personal success and to always be moving the needle always be moving clients forward um, and always seeking solutions that's it yeah progress so you're based in Bangkok and as you know I'm that's based right. back in sunny North Queensland after my decades of living in London so it's good to see you and we last saw each other in 2012 at the London Olympics can you believe that? that's right 10 years ago and yeah crazy you, you were training athletes uh in the athletes village and I had just finished working on a global um sporting event in Poland and Ukraine so it was interesting to see each other and to see how our careers had shaped you know the first 20 years of our lives and now we've both kind of um, evolved our careers yet again. And you're a high performance coach and strategist and help people achieve their potential, which is awesome. And I think that it's also an objective of what I'm trying to do with my wellness school, which this interview will be shared with people from all over the world who are passionate about health and well-being. So thanks so much for joining me. Well, thanks for the invitation, of course, anytime. Thank you. So I'm going to roll through some of the questions and we're going to chat about exercise. And one thing I'm keen because you've worked with people now consistently with exercise, you know, over the past kind of 25 years, what do you find is generally people's biggest barrier to exercise? Yeah, this is a, a powerful question. <laughs> what I've learned over all these years is that everyone has their own unique challenges. And so I feel that the biggest challenge is just asking the right questions, mm -hmm. right? We get so influenced by, by the media or other people's expectations. And the actual, the easiest answer is to ask those questions, what makes me feel good, mm -hmm. confident, happy, mm -hmm. energized? Mm -hmm. Right. That's that's the first question to ask. And then it is, well, what kind of exercise or movement is easy for me to do that makes me feel good, that doesn't make me feel crushed mm -hmm. and actually helps optimize my my health and, and well-being. Mm. And so it's so easy to get caught up in high intensity interval training and CrossFit and having to do 10K runs. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not about these, these big blocks of high-intensity training. It's more movement. Mm. That's so cool. And so I think we've got to redefine mm. what exercise is. 
It's interesting. And I talk a lot with um, people that I um, help as well, because I think often we turn to exercise as a punishment for what we've not been doing. And we set ourselves unrealistic expectations as opposed to doing it for fun and having that consistent movement throughout the day, because we've become very sedentary as a society, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so we don't really talk about fitness so much. It's, it's more about uh, engaged movement. Mm, that's awesome. And so when we start to connect, so there's a lot of psychology behind results and happiness and success in all different areas. And so the words that we choose are extremely important. So when we talk about just being engaged or structured, structured movement means we've planned for something mm. and then we can have unstructured which is being more active mm. on, a, on a daily basis those adls or those activities of daily living mm. daily living are just um really easy to implement mm. we've got to bring the barriers and the restrictions down like you said yeah a lot of it is mental barrier but i think as well when you haven't been doing something for a long time and you try to go back to it you have a lot of you know physical barriers as well as mental barriers and i certainly felt that for myself because i think you've continued to be very fit and healthy um throughout your life whereas you know in my 20s i was representing australia at world championships but in my 30s i became very sedentary and very unhealthy so when i tried to get healthy in my 40s it was incredibly challenging both on a physical level and emotional level and on a mental level so i'm guessing you're seeing and um, experiencing that a lot yourself in the work that you do yeah absolutely and, and this comes back to the process of, of success or to achieving any goal is to know your, your purpose, first of all. What is the reason why it's important for you to get back on track? Because I think this is the other thing too, is we go through phases and it's not like people that are exercising consistently are always like that. There are very few people that have just made it part of their active lifestyle. Mm. And so, you know, life, throws us lemons, right? Things come up and we get uh, distracted or priorities change. Mm. And so regardless if I'm working with an executive or an entrepreneur who's trying to grow their business or someone who's in their 60s or 80s, the answer is the same. Start simple. Mm. Just take one action. It's not mm. about, all right, it's January, I need to get a trainer, I need to go buy a 12 month gym membership it is go for a walk yeah and the first thing i say to people is get your shoes on mm -hmm. head out the front door turn mm -hmm. left yeah hit the pavement not the wall basically walk yeah, yeah walk for five minutes mm -hmm. see how you feel mm -hmm. that's right? what five that's minutes yeah, just put my shoes on and go out the front door and walk a kilometre and turn around and walk back and walk two kilometres, turn That's around it. and walk back. And, you know, I see so many people who say, oh, my sore hip or my sore knee or my sore back. And I had all of those things, but I think a little consistency and just, you know, doing a bit of movement and doing the stretching and, you know, you can little by little by little improve your health dramatically just through consistency. And as you say, that simple next step, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and our systems 
we always start with our ABCs. Mm-hmm. And that is your awareness and your actions, mm-hmm. which lead to your behaviors, and then it leads to consistent choices. Mm-hmm. So there is, in my book, there is no failure. Mm-hmm. There is only feedback. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if we go for a walk or we start feeling a little bit of pain, then that's feedback to say, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do differently? Mm-hmm. Or is this good for me? Should I keep going? Do I need to change? Mm-hmm. And that higher level of awareness is, is critical to, you know, starting that exercise habit um, or, you know, achieving any goal in life. Mm, I think the ABC is really cool because it's easy to remember, isn't it? You know, what is the yeah. mindset do you think it's important for people to adopt when they want to choose a healthier lifestyle? Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Don't overcomplicate things. The mindset is... What's next? Mm-hmm. One single step. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes is small hinges swing big doors. Oh, yes. <laughs> and again, instead of hitting that wall, I mean, just think we are surrounded by these quotes and memes and propaganda that, yeah, it's go hard or go home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all got to be more, more, more. Mm-hmm. But we've got to change our approach. We've got to take a smarter approach. Mm-hmm. We work on something called the 95 5. Mm-hmm. which takes that Pareto principle of 80-20 mm-hmm. even lower. So we narrow the focus into the most simple task, mm. something that can just take 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. That way we overcome many challenges, many limiting beliefs mm. regarding time or effort or barriers that, that hold us back from taking action. Mm. But if we can bring it down to 10 seconds, mm-hmm. We've got no, no resistance to that. Yeah. Everyone has 10 seconds. Yeah. And that's all it takes. And then you enjoy 10 more seconds and 10 more seconds before you know it, it's 10 minutes. <laughs> that's right. Exactly right. So keeping it really simple. And, and it's just how we apply that to, um, like I said, different age demographics and, and our goals, our desires, mm-hmm. our emotions are different from our 20s. Yeah. I have one client here in Bangkok and he is 85. Mm-hmm. And his goal is just to be better. Yeah. It's just simple. Be better than yesterday. It's that 1% rule again. Yeah. Don't keep cool. it really simple. That's awesome. I think older people can be very inspiring when it comes to this type of stuff. And that's really interesting because I wanted to ask you, do you notice a difference between people in their 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s when it comes to kind of exercise and what is that driving motivation or do you find it similar? There's a lot of similar elements. If I was to break it down into one thing, it would just be confidence. Mm hmm. So we're not talking about the ego, we're just talking about feeling good within ourselves and we're able to now perform daily life without pain, with energy, without feeling tired. And what I hear a lot is that now that they're in control, they're in control of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a really powerful um, inner voice Mm -hmm. to be reciting that I'm in control of my environment. Mm -hmm. Good energized i've always got solutions Mm -hmm. and i'm always in control Mm. doesn't mean you're in control of the things you can't control but you're in control of yourself Mm. the biggest shift i see is that when they get in 
to their 40s and 50s, it's not so much about getting lean and, and shredded and strong. It's not on the physical side. They're looking at longevity. Mm. Now they're looking at their next 20, 30 years. Mm. What kind of a life? How do I want to feel mm. when I'm in my 70s and 80s? And that becomes a very powerful driver mm-hmm. because they want to be around for their grandkids. Mm-hmm. Have you read my book? So it goes full circle. <laughs> I talk you haven't about... sent me an autographed copy yet. I know. I have. I talk about that in my book. You know, how do you want uh, to be living in your 70s and 80s? And I'm going to have teenage girls when I'm in my 60s, which means I'll be, they'll wow. be at university when I'm in my 70s. So I need to be strong and healthy and fit to keep up with them. I mean, I'm already one of the oldest mums at school and it doesn't bother me. My journey just started later than everyone else through no real fault of my own, perhaps. But the reality is I've thought about that a lot over the last couple of years. You know, like we both studied exercise science and I've been reflecting a lot on this. We learned about anatomy and physiology. We learned about our lymphatic system from an anatomical and a physiological point of view but we didn't necessarily learn about the role of the lymphatic system and how to keep it healthy for the benefit of immunity and longevity and stuff like that. So that's really become very important to me, like in the last few years, because I was incredibly unhealthy and I had a lot of health related conditions, primarily due to lifestyle choices. But when I wanted to make a turnaround in those, I had to revisit and relearn like loads of stuff that I felt could have been useful for me to know in my 20s and 30s and either I didn't know it or I ignored that information or it just wasn't presented to me in a way that I absorbed it in a relevant way and what's your thoughts on that? Well I think there's just there is just so much information to know and we can't possibly know everything mm-hmm. and it's all important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> if I was going to have a a 30,000 foot perspective on health, science, longevity, wellness, happiness, mental well-being, prevention of disease, all of these areas, it really comes back down to balance and those lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So we work with a lot of diabetics and people wanting to lose weight and get pain-free. And, mm-hmm. and now when we're starting to look at immunity or inflammation, uh, or movement, we're looking at that path of of balance. Mm. And really, it's not rocket science. Yes, of course, some of us have to deal with very specific conditions that have built up over time that might require more detailed synopsis and, and approach. But really, if we're looking at sleep, whole natural foods, mm-hmm daily movement and activity, mm-hmm. our own mental health and awareness and working through breath work and really simple things. Yeah. We can start to change our physiology, our immunity, our energy, our mental health. And within that mental health balance now, all of these things I've just mentioned, I call these the five pillars, all start to affect our hormones. Mm-hmm. And so exercise, nutrition for me is what I share with my clients is we're not talking about muscle and working out. We're talking about our nervous system. Mm. So when we go up that next level, 
Now we're looking at how we can optimize and influence our nervous system, which affects everything. Mm, right? That's, that's the framework. In so my really 40s, keeping it simple. It's true. And in my 40s now, I'm thinking about bone density, lymphatic health and stuff that wasn't relevant to me in my 20s um, and probably even my 30s to a certain degree. But, you know, you start to understand a bit about the application and also really the impact of physical um, health on mental health, which you just touched on. And, you know, I don't remember us learning about that at university in our sports science degree. Do you? <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. When I first um, started my business back in 2002, it was all on corporate wellness. That's mm -hmm. what we established for. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, uh, a key area of that is, is stress management. Mm -hmm. So again, linking to what we were just talking about, and we can talk about mental health, we can talk about resilience, mm -hmm. we can talk about well-being. To me, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's still stress management. Mm -hmm. So it's always been there. It's just given a different name, mm. right? So managing stress, so stress can be good, but managing stress means managing our emotions and our response mm. to to situations. Yeah. So that's anxiety or overwhelm or uncertainty. And so really the solutions for all of this is the same as just taking very, very small micro actions to bring dopamine down, uh, mm -hmm. up to, yeah. to bring the cortisol down uh, and shift us into a, an empowered mental state. Mm. It's so true. And I think the reason why stress management is becoming much more mainstream to be talked about and common is probably because, you know, the World Health Organization has acknowledged it's the epidemic of the 21st century prior to what we're dealing with now, obviously, with COVID. So, you know, it's something that causes us to you know, be unwell in, in physical, mental and emotional and spiritual health, um, which, you know, that's where I found myself at, you know, after living a very stressful sedentary lifestyle caused my body to start shutting down and breaking down. And it took a long time to repair and unpick the damage of that, you know, so it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no doubt when, when you're stuck in a rut, when you're stuck, whether it's your health or, clarity, whatever it might be, it's, it's really hard to have that awareness to be resourceful, mm. to take positive action to get you out of it, to seek mm -hmm. new solutions. And that is just how the mind works because the mind will take us, will keep us still, even if it's uncomfortable, it's still in the comfort zone, mm. right? So to be able to pivot to change takes more work, effort, and almost facing truth yes do you think right? that's that's doing, part of it if we were doing um human movement exercise sports science now there would be more emphasis on the physical mental health links do you feel i would like to hope there is <laughs> <laughs> again the education yeah. system you yeah. know it's, it's all i find is um you know what we learned what we were taught 20 years ago is still being taught today yeah. because that's what they've always taught that's what yeah. the textbooks show yes um and obviously there's a a lot of new research and a, a lot of new information that we can apply 
at least to apply that information differently or yeah. to take a more individual approach. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different modalities that you can employ and ways to apply information relative to your life. But often I find like, you know, the mind-body connection and influencing your gene expression and all of that stuff, which is talked about through, you know, leading research, isn't kind of discussed on a mainstream level because it's too woo-woo, you know, and that's a kind of a challenge I find as well is to helping people understand that there's so much new and cool information that's still considered a bit woo-woo but if we put it all together it starts to make sense on a really holistic level and i'm sure you're finding that as well in the work that you're doing oh 100 percent um yeah all right and a perfect example is, is with meditation yeah you know it has that connotation and um again it comes back to the language that we use is how we define things and sometimes we don't need to give it a label at all because I think that restricts us when we are programmed to want to put a label on something or categorize it or put it in a box. Mm -hmm. So when we think of meditation, we think of all the fluffy woohoo. Mm -hmm. um, but if we just talk about breathing mm -hmm. and now we can support that with science that within two minutes, Three breaths mm -hmm. can bring your cortisol levels down within 60 seconds mm. by up to 60% instantly. Yeah. yeah. And the fastest way to create change in our behavior is to experience it. Mm -hmm. So when you can show someone that, hey, within 60 seconds, you can go from feeling stressed and anxious to calm and more in control and more at peace. Mm. When they try it, boom. They're like, wow, that actually works. Mm. And so we don't have to call it meditation. We can just call it breathing, yeah. breath work. Yeah. Or try this. Yes. It really works. And then that's how we can get it moving. I like to share with people the unique insight that when we're stressed, we're 40% dumber. So if we don't want to be dumb, yeah. we to not be stressed. So therefore, let's get unstressed as quickly as possible so we're not dumb. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the, the easiest and fastest ways to change our state is to use comedy and yeah. humor. Okay, good. So that's a great one. Love it. I like laughing at myself. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the first step, isn't it? And, Can't uh, take anything too seriously. Who do you find inspiring? Oh, I, I have a huge circle of influence. And I, I take a little bit from... Depends on, on the space, but definitely uh, people like Brendan Bouchard. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got um, my, my mentors on, on the science, on the genetic side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, Costas Papadopoulos, I love to speak those ones out. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the thing that has led to my resourcefulness of, of mentors and new information is, is I've never had mentors. Mm -hmm. So throughout my career, I was—I always had to seek external help and support to feed myself. Mm -hmm. And what I have found also is that it all comes down to the same core principles. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're listening to um, Simon Semek or Brendan Bouchard or any of these thought leaders 
James Clear, right? Simplifying habits and, mm-hmm. and our psychology. You know, that's, that's who I've really been following the last probably 10 years is more on the neuroscience and thought leaders that are connecting neuroscience with habits, with behaviors and purpose. Yeah. And that so Simon back. Semek, James Clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many authors, so many great uh, thought leaders out there mm-hmm. um, and make it simple and easy to apply. Mm. It's true. I think because I think the word mindset is, can be quite an overused term. So people don't understand how it applies to them on a practical level. You know, and I've developed what I call my wellness mindset and 10 kind of steps to understanding how a wellness mindset can apply to your daily life. But it, it's that word mindset that I think we keep coming back to, which is the key to unlocking our bad habits and our potential and our behaviors and kind of choosing, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Would you agree? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And again, it comes back to the language or the words that we use. Mm. So the more acute we become ourselves of language and, and who we are communicating with. So mm-hmm. for ourselves looking to create behavioral change or to create a shift in people's thinkings, some people will resonate with more empowering words like mindset. Some it's going to be more the psychology of success. Mm-hmm. Some will be more mindfulness, taking mm-hmm. that softer approach. Yes. And some they connect with just awareness. Mm. Right. For you to just be more aware is, you know, which formulates our ABC. Mm. Um, And so you get to choose different descriptives based on who you're speaking with. Mm. Right. That's how you can move the needle. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because the word mindfulness is probably more linked to people who are, you know, into meditation and mindfulness, whereas mindset has that more performance driven aspect to it. You're right. Right. hundred percent. It's and very subtle, but it's, it's, you know, it's important. Yeah. Essential. It all comes back down to, to language and communication mm. because that's our subconscious. We've already got preconceived ideas or values or beliefs. And it's important for us to, to understand that not with just others, but also ourselves. Mm. For me, um, one of the most useful subjects we had at university was um, mechanisms and management of injuries. Do you remember that one? Yeah, <laughs> I remember all of it. <laughs> I have a, I had a was... lot of aches and pains in my body when I first started exercising after almost 20 years and my body was screaming at me, stop running, you silly old cow, you know, things like this. So. Yeah. I had to thank my body for the message and, and I was like saying, thank you for the message. I'm going to take care of you. But, you know, even just knowing how, which, which, which areas to massage, which, area, which trigger points to press, you know, how to relieve pressure and tension, to buy some Arnica cream, to buy some magnesium cream and all these little things that you can do for yourself at home, which helps just kind of get your body into a different state. And, you know, where are you on with the, uh, you know, on that thought? On pain specifically? Yeah, and, you know, just kind of trying to do things to help yourself because not everyone can afford to go to a physio every week. Not everyone can afford to go for a massage every week, but there's so much we can do at home to kind of help our body. Yeah, in, in the last 10 years, like I, I said, asking these powerful questions is, is, is what is the, the easiest, most simple, most effective path with the least amount of effort? 
-hmm. And so there is a concept called MED, mm -hmm. which is the minimum effective dose. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. So it's a clinical expression that doctors use to prescribe medicine. Mm -hmm. So based on the diagnosis. And so that is the, the core ingredient for us is what is the minimum amount of work that will get me moving? Mm -hmm. And so whether it's, it's pain, we know that pain is, is not about poor flexibility. It's about weakness. Mm -hmm. Tension and pain is, is a response to weakness. Mm -hmm. And so once we start to just move and activate, that is that MED. Mm -hmm. So yes, just that's a lot of that self-care has a lot of, of value of just moving and activation. And that's led us into more um, isometrics, right? Mm -hmm. Which is muscle activation. Mm -hmm. And so we've been able to, you know, we have to work with, with clients that have been in chronic pain for many years. They've seen chiropractors, physios, massage therapists. But for the most part, they're just treating the symptoms mm -hmm. and not identifying the cause. Mm -hmm. And so that cause being weakness, it's very easy to see a, an immediate reduction in pain, mm -hmm. which means the path to being pain-free becomes very simple and easy. Mm. So we can be taking supplements, mm -hmm. creams, mm -hmm. can be working on, on that side but the nervous system and the body will respond to movement and activation. Mm. So these very simple movements of activation and strengthening, mm -hmm. improving our posture, improves our breathing, improves our body language. Mm -hmm. And those simple things that are implemented as a daily routine mm -hmm. that just become automatic yeah. has to me the, the fastest, most effective shift in mm -hmm. self-care. Yeah. is routines again often, keeping it super simple often today i'm not dealing with sports injuries i'm dealing with injuries inflicted by my toddler <laughs> that'll happen pull the muscles in my neck through throwing a tantrum or breastfeeding a baby is incredibly hard on your back and your shoulders you know and all of these things take time to recover from and you know implementing yoga and daily stretching and you know doing my trigger point release and my lats and you know just trying to do whatever i can to alleviate you know the pain and suffering myself but i think if i hadn't have had that foundational course in mechanisms and management of injury i just wouldn't know where to go so i'm really grateful for that in hindsight actually that was probably the one subject that has stayed with me the most <laughs> yeah we've learned a lot and um like you said one, one of the the magical concepts that check all the boxes to reduce pain, increase mental focus or energy. Um, and is so simple that can be done in 10 seconds is, is those isometrics, this muscle activation, because mm -hmm. everyone has 10 seconds and we work with a lot of clients. There's uh, one client we have at the moment, again, same things, extreme back pain, couldn't pick up her baby. Mm -hmm. um, and within a day, she's now picking up her, her kids pain-free because mm -hmm. now we've activated and she's got more strength, which mm -hmm. links back to longevity, mm -hmm. the secret to longevity, to pain-free, to active lifestyle 
is strength, mm-hmm. bone density. Mm. Even with my mum, she's, she's been very active. She's always walked. She's 77 now. Mm-hmm. And before COVID, she was still lifting three days a week. Right. Going right. to the gym, lifting, doing her strength training. Because when she hit 70, mm-hmm. although she was still active, I said, mum, it's time. Uh-huh. You've got to maintain your bone strength and you've got to stay strong. Yeah. Because what I've, I've learned and realized here in, uh, in Asia is that Asians with their genetic makeup, um, they look really young, uh-huh. right? Well into their 50s. But then there's a very quick decline and they seem to age rapidly. Right. after their mid-50s and, and into their 60s. Uh-huh. And so again, assessing the situation, be like, why would this be? Mm-hmm. And it's because of the culture where um, Asians are very family-oriented, so they start doing everything for their parents, for their grandparents. Mm-hmm. So they stop being independent. Mm-hmm. They lose that, that functional capacity. Mm-hmm. opening doors, carrying bags, doing anything. Mm-hmm. And so it really comes back down to that use it or lose it. Yes. And, and that's how the nervous system will, will respond. I've been so at loggerheads. So we've got to, to maintain it. Yeah. I've been at loggerheads with my parents. I'm glad your mum's listening to you because <laughs> I'm having a bit of a battle at the moment with that um, lose it or use it, you know, lo- use it or lose it conversation. So I'm glad your mum is listening to you. <laughs> She certainly is. I'll, uh, I'll send you a photo. Thank you. Um, she so, doesn't look 77, that's for sure. No, it's awesome, isn't it? And I feel that I'm ready to kind of move into my later long. I want longevity as my goal. So tell me, what is um, your number one reason for people to exercise? We've talked about it a lot, but just to kind of finish, what's your top tip? The top tip is just to move more. If you want to explore the next level, mm-hmm. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. It's yeah. just move. Yeah. We don't have to overcomplicate things. Yeah. Number two would be to maintain your strength. Yeah. And that's why the isometrics are so powerful because it creates the safest, most effective form of resistance and strength training in the world. Yeah. It's just not sexy for Instagram. No, okay. <laughs> that's, um, and there are so many powerful elements that it it gives you full activation so it forces the muscle to activate and produce maximal force yeah but it is also neural yeah so it's reprogramming these anchors in our in our brain for to celebrate success yeah to walk and to do isometrics for two or three minutes a day is all you need to do So one goal that I have for this year is jog to the park where they've got the circuit equipment and to do a couple of circuits and then jog home, you know, because they've got the lap machines and the pull down machines. And, you know, there's so much free stuff that you can employ as well, isn't there? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Find things that you enjoy that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. Link it to a higher purpose and value. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, get clear on your why and your purpose, mm-hmm. you won't stick with anything, mm. right? It's, it's, it's a lot simpler than you think, but when you 
connect these dots, everything changes. That's true. Like I'm the same weight now as I was at my last world championships in 2003. So, you know, but it's taken two years and work to get there, but I was clear on my purpose, which was to be healthy and to have longevity. So I was committed to, you know, doing what I need to do, but I don't feel like I've sacrificed anything. I feel I've gained so much because I've regained my health and vitality. I'm in flow. I can think clearly. I can go for a 10 K run and it, nothing hurts, you know, like, so I've gained so much through it's my huge. commitment to be healthy again. And all I did was decide I want to be healthy. It's all a decision. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just a decision away. And I think this is the, also important to mention is that, People think, they believe that they need to be perfect, right? If they're going to lose some weight, they need to be super strict with their nutrition. Mm -hmm. And that leads to failure because mm -hmm. it's not necessary. You can still enjoy the foods and you don't have to restrict any type of food mm -hmm. if you get the right elements in place. Mm -hmm. It's not rocket science. It's not as difficult as people make it out to be. No, I still like cake. I just choose to eat cake more mindfully. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is, you know, people, you know, we talk about cheat meals, for example. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I just have my cheat meal. I said, well, we don't use that terminology, cheat meals, because we're already communicating to our subconscious that we're doing something that we shouldn't do. Yes. Instead of taking that approach of, I can. Mm -hmm. And I'm mindful of what flexibility I have, what would be the right decision or a good decision that still allows me to enjoy food, but mm -hmm. still be on track to my goals. Yes. So you don't have cake and then eat, eat it every day for the next five days. Yeah, but there can certainly be some, you know, foods that you enjoy every couple of days. Or I mean, I have clients that still eat chocolate every day, and and they've still lost twenty kilos. Yeah, yeah. Because it's sustainable. It's yeah. enjoyable. It's not restrictive. Um, and this all comes back down to goals, the goal setting and achievement process. Is that it's not the goal that's so important. It's the process. Yeah the decisions that you make on a daily basis that lead you to where you want to go. Well, I'm so glad we had this chat. Thank you so much for joining me all the way from Bangkok. And when you come back to Australia, I'm going to give you the biggest oxytocin hug you've yeah. ever had. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's it. Um, I'm so an oxytocin junkie. Me too. I love my oxytocin hugs. I say to my sister, give me some oxytocin. <laughs> yeah, feed me, feed me. Uh, great to talk right. to you and thank you so much and I'll see you again real soon. Take care. Super welcome, Chrissy. Congratulations Bye. again. Thank, thank you so much.